Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is JC with the You Made New podcast. This is episode six. And it's interesting, this one has been on my mind quite a bit because after the last episode on comfort eating and, and looking at that, I was ready to hop over to another subject, but my mind has just continued in this theme for quite a while. Um, and so I've, I've given it several days and I think what I want to do this time is we are going to piggyback on that last subject just a little bit more. And it's just how it's going today. I can't make any promises. I won't continue for several episodes. No, I want to go into the scriptures today. We are going to center just on one passage and tear it apart. If that makes sense, we're going to really look at it from every angle and see if we can get an even deeper um, understanding of comfort eating, stress eating, and why it's such a roadblock for so many of us. I was thinking of a certain um, client that I've been coaching and seeing such success, pounds lost, life feeling like it was under control, things going so well with their health and wellness journey, and then stress hit. And it hit in a big way. I mean, I got it. It was it was the longest list of demands, just the pressure this person was under, and it derailed everything. All the results we were seeing, it was right back to square one, crash and burn in a big way. And the reason I feel so tender to that is because I've done that so many times. Isn't it almost always stress? Some sort of stress. We can do great. We can have the best plan laid out. We can have all our efforts, um, pump ourselves up, be so motivated and so excited to make changes. And some type of trial or adversity or stress can just knock us off our feet. And, and there we sit, so frustrated because we had such good intentions to make changes. And the hardest part about it is, I can't tell you that there's some magic formula because you're going to have stress the rest of, of your life, right? So am I. This is just the way life goes. Those things will continue to come. So the answer is learning how to cope in a way um, that it doesn't knock us off our feet, that we are changed in the way we respond to stressful circumstances. And again, the reason I think this will be a unique podcast is because we're going to take a gospel-centered approach. We've got to let the Lord frame this for us and see what's possible as we move forward in our future. What? How can this change? How can we not just stay in this rut of struggle and we crash and then we do good for a while and then something happens and we crash? It's just such a cycle. I was in it for decades before I finally was able to climb out of that mess. But climb out I did. And I am passionate about communicating that the Lord does have something better in store for us. And that's what we're going to find in the scriptures today. So we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 17 to just a few short verses in the King James. I'm going to read it. Just the whole package in the or passage in the King James 5 through 8. And then I actually, um, I have this cool app on my phone where you can look at the same passage in different Bible translations and see different ways that those words are translated. So you can kind of uncover a deeper meaning. And that's what I want to do with this passage. Um, the Lord is painting a picture for us. This is very important that we wrap our brains around this. He's showing what's possible through him. 
Okay, so look at the little analogy or comparison that he makes. In Jeremiah 17, we're going to start with verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like a heath, which is a shrub or a bush, in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. You can just feel the dryness and deadness of life for those who do not trust in the Lord. Then he shifts gears and says, but don't lose hope because blessed verse seven is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Two very different pictures. One of a person trusting in the Lord and one who doesn't. Now, this is the thing that I struggled with when I really began to study this passage. Half the reason I was spending so much time immersed in comfort food, running to comfort food, was because my life felt like verse six. Desert, dry, parched, uninhabited. I, I wasn't often consciously going, oh, I'm just so dry. I, I have nothing left. I'm so empty. I, it just was a response to the way I felt. Especially when adversity would come, I would run to comfort food because it felt so difficult. And desert, and excuse me, comfort food was my oasis in the desert. So the hard thing that I began to grapple with in this passage was, wait, 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 wait. This verse is describing someone who doesn't trust in the Lord. They're the ones who live in the desert, in the parched places. But I, I, I thought I did. Again, I, I read my scriptures, I pray, I go to church, give you the checklist. I thought I was the one who does trust in the Lord. So why does my life feel like a desert so much of the time? And why, why am I not more like that green tree? In verse 8, look at the way it's supposed to look for believers who trust in him. We're supposed to have a life that looks like a tree planted by a river whose roots spread deep into that water. And then look what happens to that tree. It says, you shall not see when heat cometh. When adversity, right? Stress cometh. It says the tree shall not see. Now in the NLT, which is a different translation, it says it's translated not even bothered when heat cometh. The ESV says, does not fear when heat comes. I love the message, never a worry. Never a worry when that heat comes into their lives. Not bothered. Doesn't fear. There's just no issues. The adversity comes. It doesn't say that the tree sits there in happily ever after. Nothing ever goes wrong. It's this blissful existence. No, it's this beautiful, lush green tree by the river, and all of a sudden it talks about blazing heat, trying to burn the tree. And it talks about the drought, trying to dry out the tree. But the verse says, no, 
It doesn't matter. When the heat cometh, the tree doesn't even have a care. It's not bothered at all by it. It doesn't fear. It doesn't worry. It's just not affected by that heat or the drought. It says the same thing. Shall not be careful in the year of drought, in the time of drought. Another way to translate shall not be careful is NLT. It's not worried. The ESV, it's not anxious. We're not anxious in the time of drought. And the message, serene and calm in times of drought. Serene and calm, not scrambling to binge on a whole thing of Ben and Jerry's because we're so out of gas and we're so done that we can't even cope for another minute. So we reach for a spoon or we reach for the cookie dough and we just start to binge because we can't help ourselves. We're just so empty. Which tree is that? Which, which example does that manifest? The green tree is unaffected by adversity. It comes in waves and the tree unaffected. Look at the last phrase. It doesn't even cease from yielding fruit does not cease from yielding fruit. What would that look like for our lives to really be like that tree? I'm talking every single day, moment to moment, no matter what's going on around you. (laughs) It, It can almost feel like, okay, come on. Nobody lives like that. So are the scriptures lying to us? Is Jeremiah just just making up some blissful state that's just not realistic or rational in our modern day world. Like, come on, that doesn't happen. Or are we missing something? Maybe we don't trust in the Lord the way that we thought we do. Oh yeah, that can be painful to admit. I remember when this first hit me, JC, if you're living in the desert, there's a way that you're not trusting him. Because if you really were fully and completely trusting him, you wouldn't need to run to food. You wouldn't be crashing and burning because of all the adversity in your life. You, The fruit in your life would be abundant. You would be serene and calm. At least that's what this passage is saying, right? For those who trust in Christ and those whose roots, tree roots, run deep into the waters, So that we can just soak in his living waters from moment to moment for whatever is needed. If the heat comes, we have the resources. If the drought comes, it won't affect us. We have the resources. We are fine and we don't need to run to our coping mechanisms. Can, Can you just even wrap your brain around that? What would that be like? I mean, does it ignite a hunger in you to, to just experience this? For yourself, and I've said this before, but what if we spend our whole lives as believers and the promise is this kind of abundance, this kind of supernatural um, rising above where, where the worst circumstances don't even affect us. What if that's the promise? That's the riches that we're entitled to as believers and we never We never experience it. We just go through our life in the desert like unbelievers. Parched, hungry, empty, thirsty, without our needs being met. 
just trying to cope the best we can, feeling like we're barely hanging on. I mean, if it's possible for believers, do you want to miss out on that? Do you want to be stuck in your kitchen binging on a half a pan of brownies when you could have something more? I, I ask this with all the love that I possess because I have been that woman. I've been that woman. And again, I thought I was the church girl. I thought I had, had it all worked out. I thought I understood the church life. And I had experienced, experienced many benefits. I mean, it's not like I'd never tasted the living water of Christ. It's what kept me going back to church. I had tasted his goodness and felt of his love. But I wasn't living like this green tree. I wasn't. Maybe in between my adversity, like, you know, in between the the crashes and burns, I'd have some good days where it didn't feel quite so much like a desert. And I could, you know, pretend like I was living like that dream, like that green tree. But it wasn't my reality. Every day. You think about, let me turn over in my scriptures real quick. You think about the, the well-known psalm that most of us can, can quote in our sleep. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. And then it says in verse four, exactly what we're talking about. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. It's not going to take me out because I know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. One translation says, I have everything I need. NIV says, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. No desert no emptiness. I have what I need. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures, lush, full. He leadeth me beside still waters, calm and serene. And so I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death because he's with me. Thou art with me. And to me, as we begin to shift, I think that's the thing that I finally noticed is I had done the church thing. I'd done the checklist, but I hadn't learned to live with him with me. That's Psalms 23 verse four, for thou art with me. It's the concept of of abiding in him that we've been talking about. I was going through the church motions. I was avoiding a lot of the don't do's and I was doing a lot of the do's, you know, trying to keep the checklist all checked off. But in terms of knowing him, of living in his presence and having him with me every moment of every day, no, that was not my reality. And so that's why I was still in the desert. We don't leave the desert just by doing the gospel things, the church things. We leave the desert when we come to know Christ. To know him, to abide in him, to unite with him, to become one with him. When that happens, (laughs) yeah, we're going to be a green tree. Our roots are going to go so deep into him 
that it doesn't matter what he throws at us. I'm not going to need comfort food. Our roots are going to go so deep into that river that it's just going to just fill us. And we're going to be so full of everything that we need to cope. It'll feel like we're an entirely new person. I mean, just wrap your brain around that for a minute. What does that do to you to listen to words that say you, you can live in this place of abundance? Do you want it? I mean, doesn't that ignite something in your heart? Oh, it did for me. I thought, okay, if this can be experienced, if this is a place I can live in, I want it. I don't want to miss out. And that's why I started on this journey. Yes, part of it was to overcome my food issues, my disordered eating, my negative body image, all of the, the distress of that, all of the negativity of that. It, that was my desert. I didn't like living in that place. And so, yeah, part of my journey was in, in the motivation to leave that place behind. But it soon became so much bigger than that. I'm turning to um, Isaiah. I have my real scriptures open. You can probably hear my pages turning. I adore real scriptures. I know we have all this technology now, but I, I love the real pages and where my markings are and my all my scribblings and my margins. I have to use my real ones while I teach. So just put up with the pages turning. I'm sorry. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. 29. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth, increaseth strength. And verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. There are promises from Christ to those who follow him and to love him. And they are offered to those who will make him their everything who will come to know him as a person, to know his voice, to hear it for ourselves, daily basis, to talk with him and learn to love him. There are promises. We'll mount up with wings of eagles. We'll be a green tree whose fruit never ceases, no matter what life throws our way. This is why we're walking this path. Not just to stop binge eating. Yes, yes, that will be a result. That desperate need for comfort food will begin to fall away. Because we're going to be so fed. Our soul is going to be so fed, restored, just like it said in Psalm 23. We don't need that anymore. But oh, there's so many other reasons to walk this path. To just let him ignite us with his love and his life and his light. It's going to be so addicting that that little chocolate addiction <laughs> or whatever you're addicted to is going to be completely forgotten. I hope maybe you'll have some fun diving into Jeremiah 17 and some of the other scriptures that we read. If you want, look at your life. Where do you sit? Are you more like the bush in the desert or are you becoming more and more like that green tree 
And if you're intrigued and want to know more, don't worry. <laughs> we will talk more about this. In fact, I've, I've been thinking a lot about the next episode, and I think we're going to talk about that phrase at the end of verse 8 that says, the tree shall not cease from yielding fruit. That's where we're going to go in the next one, I'm pretty sure. What does that mean? What does that look like? What kind of fruit? And how do I get there? This is the promise of Christ. Join me in the next episode.